hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Picking up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the podcast review show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. This is where we bring somebody on who has said, hey, I like my show just want to make it maybe a little better or, or let me know if I'm doing everything right. And so we bring it on. We, we find those things you're doing really good. So you can do more of those. And there might be something that maybe you want to just eh, polish it up just a little bit. And uh, joining me to always help. Uh, he brings the polish and, and, and some elbow grease and, and that whole nine yards. Eric K. Johnson from podcast talent coach.com. How's it going, buddy? I'm bringing the polish tonight. Look out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Things are good, Dave. Things are good. Glad to be back in the seat again. Yeah. Our website is uh, podcastreviewshow.com. And tonight we have Tony from the Route 66 podcast. So, Tony, thanks for coming on, buddy. Well, thank you for having me, guys. I'm a big fan of both of your shows. And congratulations, Dave, on uh, the podcast award, which I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm just outside of Philadelphia in Bucks County. Oh, nice. But I know the whole world will convene in less than a month here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, Tony, what brought you into podcasting? Oh, gosh. It's a long story. I'll try and make it short. When I was in college, uh, I guess even a teenager, my mom had died of cancer. And as a college student, I bicycled across America, 5,450 miles in 99 days from New York to LA, visiting hospitals across America, way before cell phones, way before the internet. I left New York City with a uh, loose leaf binder full of letters of promises for hotel rooms across the country. So that was 1984. Um, I became a school teacher. And in late 1990, 1999, the district had a program where if you could write a grant, the district would provide you with funding. So I knew I wanted to do something with my students on a bicycle. And what I did was I wrote a grant to have my students study traveling by bicycle, and I would get the school's first computer. And it was a dial-up. And at the time, I'm a big Springsteen fan, and I thought we were going to ride on Route 9, but I had always remembered the song Route 66. And growing up in the 80s, I remember the Depeche Mode version more than Nat King Cole. So one thing led to another, and in 1999, I had my fourth grade students here in New Jersey bicycle 2,000 miles in the back of the classroom while learning in real time about Route 66. Um, we had a big kickoff party via speakerphone. We spoke to everybody from Mayor Daly from Chicago to Bobby Troop, who wrote the song, Get Your Kicks on Route 66 for Nat King Cole. And Bobby Troop actually died two weeks later. So that was 1999. Then about maybe 10 years ago, 2008, I was biking through Europe and I found podcasting. And I was listening to Steve Stevens, I think, Rick Stevens. And as I was biking from Rome to Paris, I was listening to episodes. And I knew podcasting was something interesting that caught my attention. So I went to Podcast Movement in Texas a couple of years ago. And they said, if you're going to start a podcast, follow your passion. And I wanted to start a podcast about biking. And one thing led to another. And I said, you know what? Route 66. I looked at all of my Route 66 books and I said to myself, I could probably create an episode for every one of these pages in this book. 
And I called on the people who I interviewed in 1999. So the likes of authors who wrote books about Route 66. Michael Wallace wrote a book way back in the 90s about Route 66. And he was one of my first guests. And he was actually hired by John Lasseter in Pixar. And he took them on the tour of Route 66 after Pixar Me Toy Story. And John Lasseter said, Lasseter said, you know, I got to make a movie about this highway. And they offered Michael Wallace the voice actor scene um, for the sheriff in the movie car in the movie cars. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Now, who's who's kind of your target audience for the show? That's a great question. Just looking at my um, my stats on Lipson, which, by the way, I'm perfectly happy with. Thank you, Dave. I get a lot of people who are in Europe. Believe it or not, Route 66 has a big following with the European audience. And for the listeners out there today, Route 66 does not exist today. It was replaced by the interstate, but yet it's the most celebrated highway in the world. It's not the longest highway. It's not the oldest highway. But you get a lot of people coming here from Europe and everywhere else looking for Americana And what they do is they'll drive from Chicago to L.A. And there are tour groups that will let the Europeans rent out motorcycles or convertibles. And they do the highway to get a clip of America. All right. Well, here's the first uh, two minutes and 20 seconds. This is Dennis Casebear, founder and director of the uh, Mojave Desert Heritage and Cultural Association. You're listening to the Route 66 podcast. Route 66, Route 66, right along with the Route 66 podcast. For talks with people living and working along the mother road. The main street of America, from Chicago to L.A., bore a heavy, heavy load. Route 66, Route 66. Sometimes historical paths aren't discovered Until they're lost Right along Right along With the Route 66 Podcast Hello and welcome aboard the Route 66 Podcast for talks with people living and working along the Mother Road. I'm your host, Anthony Arno, and I'd like to thank you for joining us on our journey here today. Today, I have a great show for you with a guest who has spent most of his life living and working in the Mojave Desert. Now, when you think of Route 66 and the Mojave Desert, what do you think of? Amboy, California? Well, I discovered this town last summer while driving along the western half of Route 66. I didn't know much about this area at all. And my guest is sort of like the Michael Wallace of a road that predates Route 66. The Mojave Road, which is only 130 miles long, but it's just as important as Route 66. In fact, my guest will tell you it's even more important than Route 66, if you can believe that. What you will not believe are the chilling stories that he tells about the history of the area. I've already heard these stories quite a few times in preparing this episode. It sends a chill up the back of my spine. But before we start the show today, I'd like to talk to you about something very exciting. And that's where I cut it off. So I'll go ahead and go first. I'm starting to make a list of these things you can say to pull your audience in. And I think the phrase you just used was you're not going to believe. Like if somebody goes, this is based on a true, let me tell you a true story or you're not going to believe this or something like that. It usually perks the ears of your audience. It's a nice tease that they're going to go, okay, whoa, hold on. He's, he's really making a buildup about this. I like the music, the uh, intro. I get worried sometimes. Is that you singing? No, it's not. That was somebody I got off of Fiverr. Okay. And the original take, they said stories that bored and bored is not a word. It yeah. bore a heavy load. Okay. So that was the second take. <laughs> but I, I always get worried when I hear um, 
like homemade music for lack of a better phrase. Cause usually a it's too long. Like it'll go on two minutes. They've got three verses and I'm like the audience is tuned out or it's just bad. And that was, that was neither. It just kind of the whole acoustic guitar kind of thing that goes through the whole show just gives it kind of a, a folky, Hey, let's sit down and talk about the yeah. good old days kind of thing. Eric, what were your thoughts on the, the intro? Yeah, I love the opening as well. I thought the, uh, I thought Dennis on the phone, the fact that he had that little rustic feel felt unique and just kind of added to the nostalgia of the uh, the podcast in itself and and this episode in general. I love the kind of folksy rustic feel of the opening music. I felt that that kind of uh, set the tone for taking a stroll down memory lane. I thought it was uh, really uh, really well put together. The intro kind of set us up for what we were going to get and. Uh, and getting right to it. So I thought the, I thought the setup of the show was solid. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Dennis is up there. And in fact, I took out all of the gaps in him talking. It had to be at least three minutes. He had to like <laughs> think his thoughts, collect his thoughts. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous with him, but he did, he did a good but job. I think towards the end, he said he was what? 83. Yeah. Yeah. He in his so 80s. he's, yeah. he's in it. And he really did add, he's a great character. And oh just God. has that, you know, I love when he says, well, I'm a storyteller. And I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> He's told those stories a few times, too, you can tell. Yeah. So then you, you're you like, hey, I got you all excited. Wait till you hear about this guy. But first, I'm going to talk about this. And then you went into, I think, a grant you were working on and a couple other things. Right. And the one thing, if I, because it really, the show is actually pretty decent. And the only thing, if right. I had um, one thing is I have a clip here. Also, after the show, be sure to listen in to hear about the next guests coming up on the podcast. My next guest owns and operates the longest continuously operated motel on Route 66, which has been open since 1934. And my very special guest on episode 20, just two episodes from now, will be Marilyn Leisner, the final mayor of a town along Route 66 that no longer exists because it was the site of one of the biggest environmental disasters in the world. And now here's today's show. Okay, so the phrase, and now here's today's show, I is at the 11-minute mark. And so when I looked down at that, I was like, it's really the only thing I, I looked at and went, mm, I might change that because everything you mentioned about a, a super fan of Route 66 would still enjoy at the end of the show. And plus you're kind of teasing next week's show and we haven't even started this week's show yet. Uh, Eric, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? I agree with a little bit of that, Dave. I agree with teasing next week's show now isn't quite appropriate because we're not even into this week's show yet. However, I'm not so concerned that we're starting the interview 11 minutes in. I'm concerned that we're starting the show 11 minutes in. But I think what you've done up to this point is all part of the show. Yeah. Because you talk about doing this research product project. You talk about a letter that you received from a listener. You talk about your sponsor. You do the, the trivia question. There's all sorts of stuff you're doing that's all part of the show. It's all part of the entertainment value. So to save it all for the end, I don't know that I would do all of yeah. that. I think trivia question and yeah. and some research and stuff like that makes sense where it is. But now let's start the show is kind of out of place right there. Maybe let, let's get into today's interview or let's welcome today's guest or a, just a different phrase right there to kind of make that transition a little bit smoother and a little and make more sense with re, with respect to where it is in the show. Yeah, that's actually a great point because I like the trivia. Again, it, it piques your your audience. You got them thinking now. And they're like, wait, what? what is that thing? And not that they weren't going to stay tuned, but if somebody who's really curious about that, they're going to wait till the end uh, and hang around for that. The I thought that was uh, that's one of the best teases that I've heard on a podcast <laughs> before is give that trivia question up front and then uh, we'll give the answer at the end. Now, now you people have to stick around yeah. and listen for that answer. I might even hint at it one more time in the middle of the episode. You know, have you figured out the trivia question yet? You know, the answer's still on the way just to kind of keep cutting because in. I don't know what the trivia question is going to be as I'm sure. interviewing people. Yeah. So maybe in the middle of the interview, maybe you pop in in the, in the halfway through the interview and that's maybe that's where you give your sponsor. 
you know, you yeah. will, we'll get back to the interview with Dennis here in just a second. Uh, have you figured out the trivia question yet? Once again, here's the question answers coming up at the end. We want to thank our sponsor today. Here's our sponsor read now back to more of Dennis. And then you're back into the, to the rest of Dennis's interview. So you just kind of put that in the middle there in post-production. So you kind of save your sponsor read to be a mid-roll right in the middle of the episode, right in the middle of the interview. It, it doesn't seem out of place. And people want to stick around through the sponsor because they want to hear the rest of Dennis's interview. Uh, and maybe it's in the middle of a story he's telling. Maybe you ask him a question. Dennis, hold on. You know, I, I want to ask you about the, the time when you did the thing. And then you, you pause there and say, we'll get to Dennis's answer. But first, don't forget, you know, and that right. really gets people to stick around. Yeah, that grant part was, I think, 10 minutes. And I, I don't know if I'm going to receive it. It'll be announced later on this summer. And I was toying with whether or not to even mention anything about it. But it took many, many hours. And I had a bunch of uh, donations. And I wanted to give the hotels along Route 66 who agreed to provide coverage. And I was like, should I make it shorter? And yeah, you're right. That was really deep into the show before Dennis even came on. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with talking about the, uh, the grant process because that brings your audience along on your story and on your journey. Yeah. You know, they, they get to live that they get to live vicariously through you by you telling that story. Like, man, I did a lot of work. I poured my heart and soul into it. We've submitted it. I don't even know if it's going to happen. And then if it doesn't happen and you come back on and tell people that, tell people that all that we submitted the grant, but it just didn't come through. And, you know, thanks to everybody that participated because then people will be there to support you. I mean, it will strengthen your bond with your audience. I, I had no problem with that. One, one issue I did have with the beginning part of the show, those first 10, 12 minutes, you have a tendency to read a lot of it and that reading cadence we write different than we speak. I know. And as I was listening to the to to you read that to me, it was a little difficult for me to stay engaged with it. It was more difficult for me to recognize where your transitions were when you were going from the grant process into the I received a letter from a listener into the here's our sponsor for today into here's our trivia question because you just it, because it was written down and you were just reading straight through it, there was no gap, no pause, no inflection in your voice that really told me, here's a new segment. So, there, you know, and I don't want you to say, well, now it's time for our letter of the week. You know, <laughs> now, now it's time for, now it's time for is, is my pet peeve. But so should it, I have music in between the transition? You or? can, you can have a little sound effect. You can have something like that, but you could just pause. You could just end that part of the conversation. So uh, when that grant comes through, I'll let you know, I'll let you know whether or not I have it. Pause. You know, uh, I got a great letter this week mm -hmm. from our good friend, Joe, and here's what he has to say. And uh, Joe, thanks for your letter. If you want to email us, you can email me at Tony. Here's my email address. Pause. Yeah, I'm trying and to then, break and away. And then just jump in yeah. And so, and I'm, I'm trying to work gap. with just outline notes and that, you that's, know, people tell me like, even you if you've written it out. So Tony here, even if you've written the whole thing out, then go through and just highlight some of the phrases that you want to remember and then set it aside and tell me the story. Because as you've written it out, that helps you kind of formulate it in your mind. And then when you're ready to tell me, if you set it aside, you'll remember what you've written and it will help you with the structure of the story that you want to tell me. And highlighting a few of those key phrases let you, let you go back and look at it. So if you're, if you're not quite ready to jump from fully scripted to outline, still script it, just set the script aside. Yeah, that's exactly how I do my show, The School of Podcasting. I will, I will write out my show notes because more than enough times, I used to write my show notes as I was listening back to what I recorded, and I'd be like, oh, I should have said this. So I, I write out my full show notes to really flesh out what the heck am I trying to say? What's the main point? Then I, I exactly what Eric said. I come up with some bullet points and I hit record and I talk to the one person sitting across the desk from me. And, and I'll be honest, there are times when it might take two or three times to get it right because I'm just, I have it in my head, but it just doesn't get out of my mouth the way I want it to. And if you want to, you know, keep scripting, just like Eric said, you know, try to work a little voice inflection in and then what happens sometimes, especially with reading, is somebody will read something 
and I'm trying to think of a sentence. Uh, I was walking my dog down the street and I kind uh, I mean, I, I was walking my dog down the street. Usually if you fix a sentence and you're just talking, you just fix the word. And when you're reading, you go back to the beginning of the paragraph and I'm like, and that's when I'm like, ah, they're done. And they say it exactly the same words and that's fine. But for me, uh, reading is okay. A, when it doesn't sound like you're reading and B, if it's a new show and like some of it, some of the reading, I was like, okay. Cause like you're, I think you're introducing your guest and you're reading his bio or whatever it was. And I'm like, all right, I, that's okay. I, we can get by with that. But yeah, I was with Eric and the other thing, and I, I did this once on a show where I used to, I used to read somebody's blog. They paid me to read their blog and it was horrendous. It was a horrible show because <laughs> it wasn't in my words. And then we don't read like we talk. We don't talk like we read or however that goes. And, um, you end up adding inflections that don't make sense. So all of a sudden you, you get to the end of the, the sentence and you go, Oh, that was a question. And you add it really like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I got to fix this. And it just sounds weird. So, but the, the thing I liked about the show and in this case, it was just your guest is again, we, I, I, sometimes I hate to use the word passion, but that's really, you're just a history nerd. You're a giant history nerd. And uh, this guy was just awesome. And I just have this clip labeled Insane History Details. And so toward the end, they had two two teachers. Wow. Throughout most of its existence, they just had one teacher. But we know the name of every teacher. And we know the name of every student that went to school there between 1911 and... Uh, and 1938. Wow. 412. 412 of them. And, see, I'm into oral history. I've done upwards to a 1,000 recorded oral history interviews. Wow. So, yeah, so I love this just because, again, does it me or do you kind of like, somebody could have said, this is a recording of Thomas Edison, I would believe it. It just, he's got that old, back in the yeah. day kind of thing going on. <laughs> But just the fact that he, when he said, I, well, whatever it was, I, all 412 of them, that's when I went, this is a guy that really, like, this guy's into the details big time. Well, like when yeah. he finds the uh, the dog tags in the sand, yeah, and he goes, I could probably find that guy. And I'm like, who finds a guy that belongs <laughs> to some dog tags you found in the sand? Like, holy cow. And he does it. Like, yeah. and, I get a hold of the operator and she goes, oh, I know that family. And I'm like, yeah. of course she does. I've of actually only I've, fits in the show. I've actually got a clip. And one of the good things you do with this guy is you ask questions and then just shut up and you oh, let I him tell the up. story. So here's here's just a clip. I talked to members of the family and come to find out the man whose dog tags we had was still alive. Wow. And he was living in, this This almost chokes me up a little. There's a couple of these stories I have trouble with. He was living in Florida. So the way I sometimes tell this story is half a dozen phone calls later, I had him on the phone. And Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And I, again, you said this earlier, Eric, this guy's told the story before, because I love the fact that he's got the, and then moments later I had him on the phone. I just waiting for him to go page two, you know, I'm your Paul Harvey. Good day. Right. He's got the Rose dramatic signaler. Yeah. yeah. Right in that, right in that vein. That's and, it. You know, Tony, you told me that, uh, you know, you had to edit, a ton of silence out of his interview. And I could not tell that at all. That's the one thing I loved about this interview is that his Southern sort of cadence and his draw and, and the, the pauses, the great pauses that he puts in his story, you were diligent enough to stay out of his way, to not jump in. So many interviewers want to jump in and fill that empty space. You know, when they hear silence, they think, oh, I, I got to talk. I got to talk. And you just let him tell his story. You stayed out of the way without jumping in and let him get to the point, which made his stories fantastic. You did a great job getting him to just tell stories, whether it was the dog tag stories or the schoolhouse student stories. All of them were just fantastic. And and well, it was you, you. you just kind of. 
you lobbed them to him and then you just backed up and stayed out of the way. And it takes great restraint on an interviewer's part to shut up. And you did a great job with it. That's well, when I interviewed him, our interview was about 90 minutes. And I know I got to cut it down to an hour. Yeah. And I was like, what am I going to take out of this? What am I going to take out of it? And in interviewing people on podcasts, I know the longer it is, the more work it's going to be. But almost every question I asked Dennis, I sort of knew the answer. And sometimes I had a dig and he'd have to collect his thoughts or like when he's talking about a book, he didn't know the name of the book and he put the phone on hold and it was like, you know, <laughs> the longest, like six seconds. And he had a, a dry sense of humor, he, which I didn't put in there. He was like, well, Anthony, you know, you roadies are so into Route 66. It's really the Mojave Road. And I didn't know whether he was telling a joke. And at one point he said, and I think I kept this in here. There's a little bit of a pause there I hear in your voice. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but I do say wow a lot. Yeah. Just listening to the the piece here today, I say wow a lot whether it be even watching the news with my wife, the 11 o'clock news. Wow. Wow. So. Well, I, the, I the thing <laughs> that I see a lot of people do is if somebody's trying to remember something or whatever, and it's, it's from a good place, they want to help the person remember. So they'll start feeding them like, Oh, was it so-and-so? Was it that book? No, no, no. Was it this or that? And, and now you're confusing them even more. And you just like, no, it'll come to him. Just, just, I'll just give him a second. He'll figure it out. He's just, the wheels are spinning. So uh, that's a, that's a great skill. And it, it's interesting that you mentioned the fact that you knew a lot of the stories, Tony, because that is something that a lot of interviewers tend to either stay away from or feel the need to prove to their guests that they know all of the stories and they know all of the details. So they add all of those details in the question uh, when they ask the the guest, which leaves the guest nothing to, to say. And the fact that you do that so well and you know the answer, so you set your guest up to tell a great story because you know it's going to be a great story, yeah. but you don't have to tell the story. You can set your guest up to tell those stories. That's an art that really comes from knowing how to interview, and you do that very well. Thank you. The thing that when you just say, talk about the dog tags, I was like, here's somebody who knows what's coming up. And I just, to me, I was like, all right, he's definitely done his, his show prep. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Tony, one housekeeping thing for you. Early in the episode, you uh, you gave a great plug for an earlier episode. And you mentioned, you know, back in episode six, we talked about something or interviewed something, which I thought was a great plug. As you're given the trivia answer, uh, you mentioned on our last show, which was pretty generic. In order for me to figure out what your last show was, I have to go figure out what this show was. And then oh, do yeah. math and figure out what the last show was. And that's assuming I'm listening to this in real time. You know, I could just be a fan of the Mojave Trail and found your episode here two years from now. And now you're talking about your last episode. And I don't know when that was. So I would just recommend you give the episode number and don't assume people are listening to your episode in real time. But earlier in the episode, you, you gave a specific episode number. And, uh, and I think you did even after the, the uh, trivia question episode. So just make sure we're tightening up on that a little bit so people know exactly uh, where to get the, um, the uh, information that you're talking about. Right. Dave, yeah. are you going to play a clip from the preview of the, uh, the upcoming interview? I have. It's in his ending, basically. Great. Yes. Okay, perfect. Next time on the podcast, we'll be talking with the current owner of the Wagon Wheel Motel, Connie Eccles. The Wagon Wheel is up there with the Blue Swallow, the Munger Moss, and Boots Motel, and is the longest-running motel on Route 66, operating nonstop since first opening up back in 1934, almost 85 years ago. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have not yet signed up for our newsletter, you can do so at Route66Podcast.com. There, you'll receive the latest announcements about the latest releases and show notes. And you can even drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for taking the journey with us here on the Route 66 Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Arno. Be well.
there nothing else? That's are, it. Are you doing That's my favorite pet peeve? <laughs> 30 minutes of nothing or 30 seconds of it's cool acoustic is, is that that's not you is it who's ever no, playing the acoustic uh, no the fiver dude the fiver guy okay yeah. and then yeah. I said I wanted some outro so we played the, like one minute of the guitar only uh, so that was a good deal so right before that clip Tony you you actually play a, a short clip of the preview of an upcoming interview that you have on the way time uh, speech right yeah, and I thought that was fantastic. That that's a great way to to tease the uh, upcoming interview. I think it's a couple episodes down the road, and then what Dave just played here—great tease for the next episode. You're giving people a real reason to come back. It's not just hey, make sure you tune in next time. We'll talk to you then. It's actually next time on the show. Here's what you're going to hear, and here's what you're going to get. I thought that was great. Decide the one thing you want your audience to do. We talk about this all the time on this show. Pick a call to action, not 17 calls to action. You know, do you want them to write you? Do you want them to subscribe? Do you want them to uh, send you smoke signals? What What's the one thing you want them to do? If you give them 14 things to decide on, they're not going to do anything. So pick the one thing. If you want them to go subscribe to the show, then make that this week's call to action. If you want them to reach out and send you an email, make that this week's call to action. If you want them to visit the website, Make that this week's call to action. If you want them to check out your fantastic resource page, make that the call to action. But pick one and just get them super focused on doing that one that one specific call to action. And that's really hard to do for the record. It's it's it sounds it's just our nature. I actually purposely on my last episode, I did something and I was like, blah, 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 subscribe to the show. And then I went to do another one. I'm like, nope, I already said one. That's it. You, 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 you got one chip to play. And I'm like, all right, I guess this week we're talking about subscriptions. <laughs> Dave will go into like four of them. And about the fifth one, he'll go, yeah, Eric's probably yelling at his podcast right about now because I'm into 17 calls to action on the show, which I always get a chuckle at because Dave knows he's not supposed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he I just it. can't help myself. <laughs> Stop me before I most, for a call to action again. Yeah. On the most recent one I released where I interviewed the woman who owns um the uh the wagon wheel, at the end of the show, I I interviewed someone who's biking Route 66. He lost his six-year-old to cancer. And at the end of the show, I said specifically, at the end of the show, my call to action is for you to subscribe to the show. But today, I'd like you to make a donation to Mark Lender, who's biking Route 66. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's nice touch. You did a really great job of just a great tease, because when you're talking about it, it's like, this is the oldest one on the rat. I'm going to be talking to so-and-so. And I just remember I was walking uh, down the sidewalk, and I'm like, okay, I want to hear that. Because I, I know as soon as you said oldest hotel, I'm like, oh, now we got some stories coming. This is going to be cool. So uh, a great job of just lining up to where I'm like, okay, Tony, I wish I could find more for you to do to make this yeah. show better, but I mean, <laughs> you're a solid interviewer. You got Thank Dennis you. to tell some great stories, just a few little housekeeping things to clean up, which isn't going to make your show all that much better. Cause it's already great. Uh, there's you. You, you do a fantastic show. I love the, I just love the nostalgic feel of it. I love that period of time in America. I have my degree in architecture, so I appreciate all of the 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 really cool Southwest architecture that comes along Route 66. And uh, I, I thought it was a fun show. Thank you. The one thing that I would add that I didn't realize until I went to look at your website, I don't remember you mentioning much about it. And so like when... Dennis was talking about walking the trail and he's like, that was enough of that. I realized it was a four, four road trip thing like that. <laughs> I don't know if it would be in a transition or something, but later go, Hey, if you actually want to see what that road looks like, I've got a cool video on the website. Cause I was, when I came here, I'm like, well, there's some really cool stuff that made wow. the story become even more alive. And I realized that maybe when you did this, you didn't have the video. I didn't yet. know what I was going to put on. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, it's one of those where it's like, hmm, if I, it's it just something to get people to, to the website. So speaking of that, let me. And I thought you have a great resource page on your website, which yeah. I thought you might be able to tie into the show a little more as well. Your resource page, 
doesn't look great because it's all text, but it it there are great resources there if you want to go and check out the, the Route 66 and stay in some of these places. You have great resources and links on that resource page that will help people do just that. So I thought that there was might have been a missed opportunity there to to promote the website a little bit more. Yeah, I've never done that, the resource page. You're right. The first thing I saw, and it, it, this isn't a huge thing, but it's one of those things that's like, mm, we need to fix that, is you'll notice here, um, if we go to our site, at the top on the tag, or the, I guess that's what it is, the tab, you'll see where it says Podcast Review Show. That's actually the title of the website. And your website right. does not have one. It just has a dash. I noticed that as well. And I was like, okay, that's that's some SEO juice that's just leaking out the back that I was like. So Dave, where do we fix that? Uh, you could go into probably, if, I'm assuming this is, yeah, it's WordPress. WordPress, uh, yeah. If you go under settings, you should okay. be able to, um, well, here, let me just log into ours. Um, it's like pulling down your pants in front of people. You're like, oh, let me show you the back end of my website. <laughs> if, if I go in here and under settings and general, I believe is where it has the name of the show. Yeah. So you can see here, podcast oh. review show. So that should, so, should be there unless you title. have some okay. sort of, um, unless you have Mine some looks like that. Yeah. Settings general site title. Yeah. Is yeah. What you're looking for. Okay. And if that's not there and it's there, that means there's some sort of weird plugin that's doing something funky. The other thing that you have, uh, on, you have the Libsyn player, which is cool. And, and you have, uh, they have a little RSS button here. And you do have your Apple Podcasts, but there's if I'm an Android person, I'm out of luck. There's no Stitcher here. And now uh, Libsyn is probably going to have it really, really soon. You'll have a button there for Google Podcasts. They just came out with the Google Podcast app. The good news is you're in it. I've already uh, looked for you, and I'll send you a link uh, for okay. is Do you know, the is your audience, because I'm thinking because it's history, that maybe the audience might be a little older. Like, are they oh, in their they 40s? Yeah, so you might no, in, yeah. you might want to put a button up here like subscribe with the link so they don't have to search for it. And then you could have, you know, some screenshots or like here's what you need to click on and here's what's going to happen. Because you want really subscribers. I mean, those are that's like the golden ticket because right. the minute the next ex, uh, episode comes out, it just kind of automatically downloads. Uh, other than that, the, the websites, you know, I, a lot of open space, uh, easy to find. I love the fact that I don't have to hunt for a play button. Uh, I thought that was cool. You've got your mailing list here. Uh, the uh, about page, like to me, when I see an about page, if it's a podcast page, you know, if this is, if this is a website about a podcast, I expect the first paragraph to be about the podcast and then about the host. If it's a business website that uses podcast as the marketing then I could see, okay, let's talk about the business first. Oh, here's about the podcast. But typically, if it's a podcast page, I kind of expect the first paragraph to be, here's what to expect. You know, the the Route 66 podcast, you know, interviews those people that live and breathe on the, you know, the the mother road and blah, 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 whatever your, your description is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, your part here about you is really, like, endearing, and you've got great pictures of, uh, you know, I'm picturing your poor kids going home going, Mom, this guy made me bike 40 miles today. So that was a great story. And it it shows your, again, not that you needed street cred, but it's like this guy's really into Route 66. And I uh, and he's, he's spreading it to his kids and you're creative. And that's the other thing. I was like, wow, I want this guy as my fifth grade teacher. Uh, so uh, I just, to me, the only thing I thought that was missing here was maybe like a quick blurb about here's what the podcast, podcast. is about. Yeah, Eric, what do you, what do you think about that? I agree with the about page. The one thing I would have liked to have seen is um, some of the yellow that is on the front page, uh, maybe consistent throughout this. So maybe it's in here. And yeah, so here on the on the, uh, okay. on the home page, you have some yellow uh, on the podcast page. I think there's some yellow, but on the resources page, th- that yellow doesn't does, isn't consistent through the rest of the site. So just a consistent color scheme. How do I change that background? Do you know it's always gray? It would be somewhere. Well, that's the other thing I was going to point out. This is the the good news, bad news situation. You're using a a theme from Appendipity, who I loved 
till about two years ago when the guy just fell off the planet. So you don't I, hear from him. No, yeah. they don't. And, and it's not even allegedly they owe me money. And I know other people that they owe money to. So I'm just worried about that as a company. So I'm not saying you need to switch your theme immediately, but you might want to start shopping. Uh, Cause eventually right. WordPress is going to update and they're not, and that's going to be an issue, but it would be somewhere in the settings. I know you're using the Marin theme. I used, um, I'd have to go look and see, but I'll, I'll see. Maybe when we get done, if I can figure out where that is, but there's probably somewhere in there where you can say it. I know with, with appendipity themes, they have it set up so that the home page is different. So it might be a bit of a challenge to get this yellow stripe on the other page. And maybe that's where you come up with something else or, or either, I don't know, is, I don't know. That's a good question. How you would either a move the yellow off the front page or add it to the other one somehow to, to make it consistent. But, I'm not real crazy about the yellow. I mean, it's highlighter yellow. Maybe that becomes more of a gray or something like that. Just some other subdued color. It just, because the yellow is so bold and and brazen on the front page, it was noticeable that it wasn't on the other pages. Maybe you can change it. Maybe you can't. It was just something that stuck out to me. And the only other thing I would do is on the resources page. If you, Dave, click on the podcasts page, you see the podcasts page lists uh, nice different sized fonts. You have headers for each episode and then the, the description's a little smaller font. It's body font and it looks great. And But then when we click on the resources page, it's all just one one font here with the with other than the, the Route 66 Association's headings. Um, and then the, an international route is even smaller. So you have different fonts. I would just maybe spice this up a little bit in some way maybe a even just a route 66 picture to the right or something yeah, just something yeah. to add a little flavor to it mm-hmm. yeah so all in all I, I i've seen much worse websites you know that's i didn't go you know i didn't have flashbacks to a bad myspace page when i came over which was good um <laughs> and you've you've got the things up here to highlight who else is on the show uh, it's I, easy to subscribe to your newsletter over there on the right. The The thing I like about the website is that it's easy to navigate and easy to find everything you want. Yeah. You know, I just like to see a little more flash to it, but not too much to be distracting. Yeah. So right. I would give it a B. I mean, it's, it's a solid site. It does what you need it to do and it's easy to navigate, which is number one in my book. I would rather it be easier to navigate than be all, all flashy and, and doing a whole bunch of stuff and I can't find anything. Yeah. I had, uh, I was uh, helping a client and they had a thing where they mentioned, you know, go here and click on that. And I did, and it took me to another page, which gave me more information that said, click here. And it went to like, it, it was like four clicks to get to whatever they were talking about. And I was like, that's when you get into stuff like, where is it? You know, it's, it's so right. I didn't, I didn't run into that on your, uh, your website. So uh, as we start to kind of wrap this up, we said it earlier. We really, there wasn't anything I thought super glaring that I was like, Oh, that's gotta, that's gotta go or anything like that. Some minor tweaks, you know, um, I, I, I still say, I'm not sure I'm going to make my audience wait 11 minutes, but Eric has a great point. The stuff you were talking about wasn't, it wasn't stuff that was like, Oh, I can't believe he's talking about French toast. It was like, no, it was all, Route 66. Uh, and I guess the other thing is, I just thought Dennis was such a great guest. Why did I have to sit through that to get to this guy? This guy was, I guess that's the, the thought I had in my head. So there are two lines of thinking with that. A lot of people say, you know, Daniel J. Lewis is, is a guy who's in that camp. It's that let's put your best up right up front. Yeah. You know, why make them wait? That's why they're here. Don't make them wallow through a whole bunch of crap. And then there are others where it's the feature. So let's have the warm up act before we get to the feature, right? Before we get to the headliner. So I don't think either one is right or either one is wrong. Right. It's a matter of preference. But if you're going to save your headliner for the headliner and you're going to put some warm up acts in front of them, the warm up act better be good because people didn't pay $80 for this concert. <laughs> they, they got it for free. And so if, if the information that you have leading up to your guest is mediocre, chances are they're going to eject. So if you, I don't have a problem with you putting content in front of the interview, as long as the content is good. 
as long as the content is useful for me, I find it entertaining and I find it engaging, which yours I did. I, I found the the story about the grant uh, compelling. I found the, the letter that you got compelling. I found the trivia question compelling. Maybe the sponsor's not so compelling. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people put that sponsor right up front because yeah. that's the deal they've struck. But uh, as long as the content leading into the interview is quality, people will sit through it and listen to it because it's part of the show and it's entertaining. So I don't know that there's a right way or a wrong way. Yeah. Uh, do it, do it your way and do it consistently and you'll be just fine. Cause feel free to call me a hypocrite. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, well, before I get to my main event, I always have a because of my podcast story. So Dave, get to the content buddy. What the heck's with this because of my podcast stuff. The only other thing, and, and Eric had mentioned this and I, I agree is just some of the time the reading stuff is just, yeah. it just sounds like you're reading and there are times when that's okay. And there are other times you're like, eh, that could have, that could have been a little smoother. And, uh, Tony, the reading will come. I mean, you're only 17 yeah. episodes into this yeah. thing. So, you know, the, the more you find your style and the, the more polished and practiced you get at it, you know, Dave mentioned that he writes out his show notes and then records his show. That's exactly what I do. I, everything you see on my website for my show notes, I've written before I even record the show. And then I just use it and I, I add some stuff and I take out some stuff and I, I change the phrasing of some things, but I've already written it and I know it. And so I just use those notes as a crutch when I'm recording it just to kind of help me along. And it makes it much easier for me. I just use those as my notes. And sometimes I get lost in it and figure, oh, crap, where was I? And I'll have to stop and look and figure it out. And, and as Dave says, that's at a point number one or seven, <laughs> depending on which episode I'm recording. So, you know, it'll come to you. It'll, it'll, it'll get more natural for you. I always laugh yeah. because I will write out everything except my intro. So I've recorded the whole thing. And I always wait to do the intro last because sometimes I'm like, well, I think I'm going to talk about A and B and C. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm already at. 20 minutes. Let's not do C this week. We'll do that next week. So I wait till the end to do my intro. And that's the thing I don't write out. And that's the thing I botch more than ever. Like today on episode so-and-so we're doing the, the <laughs> wait, how am I going to say that? But it just, all right, one more, another one. So I can, that's the thing I never, you would think, cause it, you would think it's the first thing I do. And like, actually it's the last thing I've done. And my brain's turned to, you know, jello and my tongue is left early and I can't get a word out without uh, messing it up. But, uh, all in all, I, I could see, do you get feedback from, well, obviously you got the letter from the one person. I would think that people that find this show, because it is niche, you know, this is this is not going to be okay. for everybody. And I would think that the people that find the show are like, oh, this is awesome. Do you, do you get a lot of like, hey, this is awesome kind of letters? I do. And it's funny. Most of my listeners are like, you know, over the age of 50. Some of my guests are in their 90s. Do you guys know what a Harvey girl was? No clue. Judy Garland, the movie Harvey Girls. Wasn't Harvey a Jimmy Stewart movie where it was a big giant rabbit? <laughs> okay. Judy Garland was in a movie called the Harvey Girls. In the 1880s, there was a guy, Fred Harvey, who civilized restaurants in the West. And he opened up a chain of restaurants called the Harvey Houses. And they were white linen service in the 1800s. Well, long story short, the company went out of business in 1958. And I just interviewed two ladies in their 90s who worked as a waitress at the Fred Harvey house out west. So some of my guests are so old, they don't even know what a podcast is, let alone a computer. And I, I always joke with them, ask your great grandkids. I get about maybe five to 10 new signups per week using MailChimp. And what I always do is I send out an email welcoming them. Welcome to the Route 66 podcast. I'd love to know a little bit about you. Who are you if you want to share with us? So on the episode that you guys reviewed, I believe it was a guy traveling um, along Route 66 with his wife. Was that the one? I'm not sure. But, you know, they love to share their stories and, you know, that's one of the least things I can do is share it with the listeners. So maybe they might say, Hey, I should write a letter or a note to Anthony yeah. at the podcast. Maybe he'll highlight me. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a great show. Tony, I wish I could give you a few more things to work on, but I think you're on, well on your way, especially only, only this many episodes yeah. into it. 
uh, you're doing thank a great you guys. job. Thank you very much. So yeah. I appreciate all of your work and your time. And you can find Tony over at route66podcast.com. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. Eric, where can people find you? Find all my stuff at uh, at podcasttalentcoach.com anytime you want. And if you want to sit in Tony's chair, he's got it all warmed up for you. Simply go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me and you can have your have our opinion, I guess, uh, help you get the things that you're doing right. Get those more out there in the front and anything you need to polish a little further in the back or get them all polished up. So thanks for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the podcast review show. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on. And it's happening very, very soon, March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.